Welcome to Window of Opportunity, a Stargate rewatch podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Rachel. And today we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 5, Episode 21, Meridian. Do you have your Kleenex with you? Please, I do. Please have Kleenex ready. I'm, I am I apologize in advance for this naughty mess I will become at the end of this episode. Because <laughs> this, this, I'm, I'm just a ball of goo. I'm just a ball of goo. A ball, I, yeah, it's not going to be pretty, folks. So just, yeah, hang oh. in there. If, if, if you're a sympathetic crier like me, I'm sorry. And yeah, please have your Kleenex handy. I will be probably making a lot of unfunny jokes to relieve Carrie's sadness. Be <laughs> Try prepared. Make me laugh. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> that's what friends do. <laughs> uh, but this this is an episode I both I both love and hate. Everybody does such a good job like acting and stuff in this episode, but it's the episode where Daniel dies and it's horrible and I hate it and everybody says goodbye and it's just sad and yeah. so yeah. yeah. I mean, I think what helps in rewatches to kind of set the mindset for me is to know why a why this situation is happening, like why a person is leaving the show. So okay. I don't know. It it does it does affect me of knowing what what was going on in real life at the time to cause this. Okay. Would you like to know that information before we get into the episode? Yes, let's do. Okay. So it's there's sort of like twofold reasons. Um, one is just like it had been five years. Michael Shanks wanted to see what else he could do, like as an actor, you know, movies, TV, whatever. Like he just kind of felt it was time to move on as an actor, which, you know, is fair. It's been five years. That's kind of a long time, especially back then. But then there's also another bit where he kind of started to feel that like Daniel wasn't being used effectively as Daniel Jackson, the character. The stuff Daniel was doing wasn't really, quote-unquote, Daniel stuff, if you will. That's fair. That's pretty much what we said every episode is, I know. is Daniel there? <laughs> yeah. Um, there is one quote from... Um, from an interview, I'll, I'll link I'll link that interview in the show notes because it's interesting. He said, um, I had begun to think the show would work just as well without me. And that's when I felt I had to go. Oh, that's telling. Yeah. So it's sort of, you know, that creative differences thing. And there are some quotes. I don't I don't think he he didn't really mean it in that way that it kind of it might come across. But it really is just sort of creative differences where, you know, the character kept being written in such a manner that Michael Shanks, the actor, wasn't like, I don't know if the character would really do that, be that kind of thing. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's that's really what it came down to. Oh, interesting. OK, so that's where the journey came to. Yeah. 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 But there when that decision came, you know, they did have this sort of out, if you will, of ascension where they could remove Daniel from the show without killing, like without like killing, killing the character so he could because come it's back sci-fi right so you always <laughs> yeah and apparently even at this time like brad wright already had the idea for the season six episode abyss which daniel comes back in so they were they were there were already ideas for how to keep the character quote-unquote alive in the show even if he wasn't there so yeah so the good thing is he didn't seem to burn bridges on his way out <laughs> yeah no i absolutely not no no not at all yeah, no it was all very amicable and like we wish you the best if you want yeah. to come back please let us know and we will welcome you back with open arms which they did which is awesome when that actually happens yeah you'd hate to hear like oh he wanted to go off and be a hollywood star and that didn't work and he said i'm better than all of you and that didn't work and <laughs> yeah that did not end up that way although mm -hmm. and although in the in the middle of leaving and coming back he what made like <laughs> What was the what was the terrible awful movie? Samuru. Samuru. Yeah. Samuru with the chin rat, as we so lovingly call it. <laughs> it's just, it's so bad. Like, but it's so good. It's one of those. It's so bad. It's so good movies. Like, if you mm -hmm. where it's oh my god, wait, it's streaming somewhere. Hold on, I need to double check where it is because I found it and I was like, how is that out on the internet? It's on freebie. Which is, it's on, which is like the sort of, it's associated with Amazon Prime. It's one of their like free, it used to be IMDb TV, if you remember that. I don't oh. know. 
it's it's been rebranded as freebie so if you have amazon prime you have access to freebie and you can watch the 2003 classic sumuru which is s-u-m-u-r-u please please go watch it and write in and let us know your thoughts on this cinematic masterpiece because it's amazing (laughs) in its awfulness uh (laughs) yes yes that's where we are with michael and daniel at this point yay all right i do have thoughts on some of the I don't know what I'm trying to say but like I do have thoughts on now they're not really plot holes but some things that don't really make sense to me that I will I will discuss when the time comes so yeah okay does do those things help if so during the commentary one of the things they mentioned is that the original idea for the show was to this episode was to almost format it like a clip show where they're sort of like just stuff in the boardroom and then like flashbacks to other things oh no No. i mean i can i can throw it out there now and then we can call it like you know discuss it more but so um you know in his discussions when he's kind of in the hallucinogenic place Mm -hmm. where he's talking to oma Dasala and she's trying to tell him like you know this is you can't just want to do this to get away from death you have to like want this you have to officially let go and move on and whatnot Mm -hmm. but that's exactly what he's doing. Like, if he hadn't been already on the brink of death, it's not like one day he was just like, my life here on Earth is really where I could have taken it. There's other you know, spiritual things that I can do with it. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. a decision that he came to without his life being in peril. Right, so yeah. So the fact okay. that the whole time she was telling him, you have to let go. You have to move on. This can't be just escape from death. Like, well, that's when she actually presented him the option. Yeah. I, I think, don't. yeah, we'll get to, we'll discuss it when we get there. But I think, I know what you're talking about. And I think I have uh-huh. like what Oma Desal is like actually getting at. Cause you know, she talks in riddles a lot of the time. So at least, yeah. you know, from my point of view, what, like, what the actual sort of crux of the matter is, if you will. Oh, sweet. Let's get there. Okay. So, let's say this from the top. So, this episode originally aired on May 10th, 2002. It was written by Robert C. Cooper and directed by first-time director and camera operator Will Waring. Which I find it interesting that they gave this episode to a first-time director. Like, That's really interesting. Yes. Hmm. Um. So then on the commentary, we had Will Waring and Jim Menard, the director of photography. And so a lot of the commentary was sort of about like the technical stuff of like filming the sort of vision world with Oma Dasala and sort of the technical aspects of the lighting. Like they used like 20,000 watt lights for those scenes. That's how they got that sort of aura, like, you know, super bright white light blowout kind of thing. So burn you yeah they were like it was very hot in there those days where i'm like i yeah i imagine they are um Jesus. yeah so if you're interested in lighting and stuff listen to the commentary it's quite interesting so um okay so in this episode daniel jackson is exposed to a lethal dose of radiation while visiting an alien civilization that is building a weapon of mass destruction so I have to mention, so the first thing, I watched this on DVD. I don't know if this is the same on your DVD, because you have, like, the full 10-season box set, right? Yes. So on my DVD set, the 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 episode menu, where, you know, you pick the episode, then there's, like, sort of the episode menu of, like, you know, play, scene selection, whatever. And mm-hmm. there's always, like, a like an image of some sort from the episode on the screen there. On my DVD, the image is a picture of the Sentinel device. It's nothing from Meridian. I don't know what happened there, but it's like it's the Sentinel device on the minute on the Meridian episode menu screen. (laughs) I'm going to have to double check. I the last few episodes I have been watching on Amazon, but I need to go back to the DVDs because that was just way more fun. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Just a I feel thing. like I feel like my DVD set though was just they took all of the individual ones and just like shoved them into one box. It wasn't okay. like they made a full collection set. Okay. They just kind so of it's not like the remastered. extra ones. Right. No, they didn't yeah. format it to be the set. They just took okay. what was left and shoved it into one box. Okay. So this episode starts with SG1 like coming through the gate, sort of hurrying along. 
Uh, Daniel's in the lead. We see one of his hands is bandaged, and he's kind of holding them both up in front of him like something has happened. Sam tells Hammond that Daniel's been exposed to radiation, and so Hammond has Davis call for a med team to meet them on the way to the infirmary. Unfortunately, none of the other members of, of SG-1 know exactly what happened as they weren't there when this situation occurred, whatever it was. As they reach the infirmary, two nurses go to, like, touch Daniel to get him in, and he pulls away and is like, don't touch me. And Sam's like, he might still be radioactive. And she then tells Janet that he was exposed to an unstable radioactive version of Naquita with his right hand receiving a dose of eight or nine grays of neutron radiation and his whole body of over seven. And that is a lethal dose. And that was delivered very well. Yes. Um, I did look up like the gray scale of radiation just to see like what that has to say. And according to the wiki, a, a whole body acute exposure to five grays or more of high energy radiation leads to death within 14 days oh man so yeah they they actually they really did their research about radiation exposure and radiation poisoning and like what that looks like because everything i've read is like yeah yeah that's it that like what happens to daniel is what happens which is very unpleasant Mm mm-hmm So we come back from the opening credits and up in the briefing room, the rest of SG-1 start giving General Hammond the rundown of what they know to have happened. They were visiting Kelowna, which is named after a real town in British Columbia. Oh, fun. Which is one of three major countries on the planet that they were on, which that's very rare that we get that, which I know you were excited about, right? I was. I was very excited to visit a planet where they actually had country societies. Yes. (laughs) And so developmentally, this place is about equal to the United States in the 1940s. And there's a kind of Cold War-esque tension mounting between Kelowna and the other two countries. And they just discovered the Stargate and other various bits of Gould paraphernalia about 15 years ago in an ancient temple. They're very eager to learn everything that, you know, the SGC knows and are willing to trade pretty much anything they currently have for whatever we're willing to share. We then have a brief flashback of SG-1 on Kelowna meeting Jonas Quinn, a special guest star, Corin Nemec, who is a special advisor to the High Minister, which is their, like, president. And an awesome uh, human being. Yes. Sidebar, I love, like, the set deck for Kelowna, like, the set design. And yeah! Stuff. I love it. It's so cool. It's great. It is a cool look, yeah. Yeah. So, like, this is a very exciting time for everybody on Kelowna, like the Stargate and meeting people. Oh, my God, the Stargate, what is this thing? And all of the research going on. And they're in sort of this very top secret research facility. Um, And as they're sort of, like, meeting Jonas for the first time, he does this funny thing where he's talking and then he, like, clocks Tilk and, like, points to his forehead and then Tilk's forehead. And, like, that's what's... You know, you can see him thinking, like, what's that? That's weird. And Daniel's just like, I'm Daniel Jackson. Nice to meet you. To, like, cut off any awkwardness of, like, what? what, And who? Let's not get into that right now. That's not it. Yeah, we don't need to get there right now. And so then Jack introduces everybody else. And basically, Jonas was there to oversee the project from an ethical perspective, with Jack is just like, ethics, whatever. But he was, like, very smart, had several degrees from their, like, highest educational institutions, and basically he and Daniel got along great. Which I really like that they actually, I mean, I, I don't know about research projects and how much they actually include ethics experts, but I love that they yeah. have it in this episode. I know. I thought that was really cool, too. Yeah. Yeah. So as Jonas leads them through the halls, Daniel's asking if he might be able to have access to the site where the gate was discovered because he can use the thing called carbon dating to help date the temple and maybe figure out like how it was destroyed. And Till could also help in translating some of the writings that were found there. Jack is kind of like, hey, Daniel, maybe like cool it with the we'll help you with all this stuff kind of thing. And like, you know, Jonas gets it. He's fine. Like, yes, the SGC has a lot to offer, but they just want to get to know the people of Kelowna a little bit better, considering what has happened in the past when the SGC gets involved with alien civilizations. None of it has turned out well. So they then reach a lab where we see scientists in like protective hazmat type gear working on something. And we're SG-1 and everybody's still out in the hall. And once in clear, they head in to meet them. And Jonas introduces the team to Thomas Lee, who's the scientist in charge. 
They're experimenting with an element that has highly unstable radioactive properties that they found in the temple with all of the gold stuff, which mm-hmm. it looks like it's gold. They're like, oh, okay. Um, and so, so like, like, really? Huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fascinating. Yes. Um, and so they've, they translated this element as being called Nequadria. And Daniel's like, actually, it's Naquida. And uh, Jonas is like, no, this is like, we did also find the word Naquida, but this is definitely Nequadria. So we now have a second Naquida type element at play here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they talk about how it's, you know, capable of very powerful energetic bursts. And Sam's like, oh, so you're making some kind of power generator? Uh, no, they're no. making a bomb. Surprise! Mm-hmm. What do you think they're doing? Uh-huh. So, luckily, they're not close to having any kind of, like, workable bomb. But they claimed they needed this bomb to protect them from threats from the other nations. And Hammond's like, well, then we should really be very careful about, you know, pursuing diplomatic relations from this point on. Jack's like, yeah, we don't really need to worry about that because uh, what they know about what happened is uh, Jack, Tilk, and Sam were out on a tour of the city and Daniel was back at the lab with Jonas, obviously trying to convince him that a bomb would not be the answer to their problems. And they don't know exactly what happened, but the Colonians are claiming that Daniel tried to sabotage the project, which nobody believes that. There's no way Daniel would do that. As as much as he's against, you know, a Nequadria bomb, he wouldn't purposefully sabotage anything. And Hammond's like, okay, so what's Daniel saying about what happened? So Jack goes to talk to Daniel in the infirmary, and Daniel starts the conversation by telling Jack what is going to happen to him. Which, uh, <laughs> so here, here's what's going to happen to Daniel over the next several hours. Um, the nausea will be followed by, will be followed by tremors, convulsions, and something called ataxia. I looked up ataxia. It's basically a neurological condition that leads to the loss of muscle control. Surface tissue, brain tissue, and internal organs will inflame and degrade. I believe that's called necrosis. Now, based on the dose of radiation I got, all of that will happen in the next 10 to 15 hours. And if I don't drown in my own blood and fluids first, I will bleed to death. And there is no medical treatment to prevent that. And I mean, this is very controversial, but like you hear that. Mm hmm. That, like, within the next day, all of those things are going to happen to you. And everyone's just like, oh, the best we can do is give you painkillers. Like, Yeah. I don't, I would really kind of discuss other options. I don't, I know it's a very, like, deep dive in a controversial thought. But, like, I would at least explore thoughts. Yeah. I mean, you know, Janet kind of brings that up a bit later of, like, if I wasn't a doctor. Yeah. Like, oh, I basically, I'm going to liquefy in the next 10 hours. <laughs> I'm oh, going to so. turn into literal goo. Yeah. Um, it's going to feel amazing. <laughs> and Daniel knows what Jack's thinking. And he's like, don't go running off to our allies. Like, that's not what we do whenever anybody gets injured. And my life's not any more important than anybody else's. And you can see Jack wants to be like, but it is. But okay. Is okay so so what happened what actually happened and the only thing daniel says is that there was an accident and that the scientists are probably blaming him to save their own skin and it daniel doesn't really seem bothered by that he like he's like let them blame me i don't care you know he's gonna be dead in 10 12 hours why does it matter if they blame him for this thing um and he had found out that ten thousand years ago the ghoul that ruled there tried Basically the same experiment that the Colonians are doing right now and almost blew up the entire planet, but no one would listen to him when they tried to, when he tried to warn them. So, okay. So, that's great. Yes. Jack then goes to see Hammond. Uh, There's been no response from the Asgard or Jacob because he's still on a mission to find the last of the undercover Tok'ra. And Jack brings up that apparently a couple months ago, SG-3 came back with information on a sarcophagus. And Hammond's like, no. And Jack argues that Daniel has used his sarcophagus before many, 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 many times. So surely one more time won't hurt, which 
Yes, but the sarcophagus is very heavily guarded and would result in a very high number of casualties. Jack continues to try to argue about, you know, going to get the sarcophagus, and Hammond's like, no. Also, please don't think you're alone in how you're feeling about all of this. And this is right. when I start to go teary because you can see Hammond start to get teary, and it's just like, I can't. No, because again, the delivery is just how you'd want it to be. Yes. Absolutely. It's not angry. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunate resignation as to the seriousness of the situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jack then goes to check in on Sam and she unfortunately doesn't have anything that can help Daniel, but she's been doing calculations as she always does. And based on what the Colonians told them about the the amount of radiation that Daniel was exposed to and the the amount of energy that this Nequadria is capable of could be the missing piece to them being able to create a hyperspace window or defense shields like the Gould have. And she's like, we need we need this Nequadria. We need some of it because it, it could be the answer to all of our problems of everything that we're fighting right now. Mm-hmm. Yay. Back in the briefing room, Hammond wants to resume diplomatic relations with Kelowna, and Sam is on board because, again, they really need that Nequadria. Jack is very, very much against this. There's no way they can admit that Daniel's guilty of what he's being accused of. And, of course, Hammond's not going to do that. What he's going to do is write a letter to the Colonial government that they did not order Daniel to do any such thing and do not condone its intentions. And he's ordering Jack to deliver the letter. <sighs> okay. Oh, politics. Isn't it just the best? Uh, no. No, not at all. So Jack goes back to Kelowna, delivers a letter, and then meets up with Jonas. And that's really the only reason he agreed to come, ba- come back, is to meet with Jonas. To be fair, Jonas does seem to be kind of conflicted about this whole thing, about his government blaming Daniel for this thing that's happened, which he probably knows is not true. He mentions that two of the scientists that were in the lab are already dead and the other two will be dead soon. And the deaths were very unpleasant. Jack's there just to try and continue diplomatic relations to get some of the Nequadria. And they argue back and forth for a bit about the ethics of what they're doing, both with this sort of bomb project and what they're doing with regard to like accusing Daniel of sabotage and all of that. And there's no way that Jack will allow the United States government to admit that Daniel is guilty And basically all he wants is for Jonas to tell the truth. And Jonas is just like, I can't because nobody else will like back me up, which is like, and Jack just like reemphasizes what Daniel was trying to tell them that, you know, as much as they think they need this bomb that they're building, a weapon of mass destruction is only good for one thing. And it won't actually do them any good until they actually use it. So, Which is unfortunately true. It is very unfortunately true. You can't just yeah. tell them, hey, we have this thing. And they'll be like, okay, sure you do. Uh-huh. And then, yeah. yeah. Now, what Earth wants an Aquadria for is for defense shields. They don't want it to make bombs or anything like that. They want it for defense. But Kelowna can blow themselves to hell for all Jack cares at this point. Pretty much, yeah. We go back to the SGC and Sam is up in the observation room looking down on Daniel when Janet heads in and basically sedatives and painkillers are all that they can do for him right now. And it's only going to get worse. And Janet hates to even think such a thing, but Daniel might be better off if she just. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then we see somewhere in the SGC, Sam opens a safe and takes out a ghouled healing device. She heads back into the infirmary and offers to use it. And she didn't mention it before because, you know, she's not really sure how to use it. And it could just make things worse. But you can see, like, Daniel's just in so much pain and he nods at her to try. Unfortunately, it does not go well and Daniel starts seizing. Uh, The camera then zooms into Daniel. We see the light around him kind of fade, like it kind of... Like, spotlight fades in on Daniel, then fades away, and then we see him walking out of darkness into light, and he is in the gate room in his just, like, BU gear, and there's a woman in white who's standing on the ramp up to the gate, and she says, your fate is in your hands. And there's Oma Yes. 
Um, interesting note in the commentary here, because they talk about sort of like that transition from where it like faded out on Daniel on the bed to Daniel in the gate room was a lot, not a lot longer, but there's a significantly more bit of like a full blackout before the light faded back up again. But the original cut was 10 minutes long. <laughs> so what? Yeah. So there's kind of a lot of stuff that got left on the cutting room floor. And some of it is just like, you know, two, three seconds here or there to just like tighten things up a bit. So. Oh, huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes. Yeah. It's like a third of the show. I know it is. Yeah. But unfortunately, they didn't say anything more about what got left on the cutting room floor. So it might just be like, you know, moments here and there where they just, you know, tightened up the edit a bit. Ah, okay, yeah. So we see Jack then go to visit Daniel in the infirmary, and Daniel's basically completely wrapped in bandages at this point. And Jack kind of tells him, like, what happened on Kelowna. And Daniel, the kind soul that he is, understands the the difficult position that Jonas is in. But Jack's not going to let Daniel take the fall for this. He doesn't care what they might lose. And Daniel seems kind of confused about sort of the fervency that Jack is expressing about this and according to Jack it's because despite the fact that you've been a terrific pain in the ass for the last five years I may have might have grown to admire you a little I think Aww. This, is, this is this is again where I start going because like Jack doesn't like, like Jack's no, but like this is you know he's dying this is where yeah. Jack should actually say like you're my best friend yeah but Say it. Know, Jack Jack doesn't do feelings <laughs> No, but even but, if you don't do feelings, you can you can when somebody's dying. <laughs> Maybe yes. a little bit. I don't know. But the one thing he can do is he will not let this be the last official act on Daniel's record. Mm-hmm. Daniel then mumbles, Oma, as we fade back into like the, the dream gate room. And this woman in white is Oma DeSala. Mm-hmm. She speaks in riddles for a bit, but then says, when the mind is enlightened, the spirit is freed and the body matters not. Ah, so this is about ascension. Daniel Daniel can ascend? That me Daniel can do that? Okay. And you know, basically if he continues the journey that he started on Keb, sure, why not? So, okay, what does he have to do? And Oma says, "Release your burden." And he's like, "Yep, okay, burden released. Let's go. Like light Done. me up. Done. Boom, Ta-da! burden released." And it's like, "No, no, it, it's it's not that easy, Daniel. Of course not. Why would it be?" She brings out our favorite one, doesn't she, at some point of the... Yeah, I, I have... I, I wrote down all of the riddles. We can go over them at the end if we want. Okay. She brings <laughs> out our favorite one. She does. She <laughs> does. You know what? I'm going to put these in the Discord. So go check out, check out our Discord. Let us know what you think these riddles mean. Because mm-hmm. I'm very interested to know what people think all of this means. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure none of us will figure it out. But I would no, love, Of course not. But I would it, love to know. Yes. So Jack is still sitting by Daniel's bed when we see Hammond and Jonas walk into the observation room. And Jonas has brought as much Nequadria as he could. Basically, he sort of looked over the data that was recorded during the accident. And it was so much more powerful than anything that they'd previously achieved. And the quote unquote utter glee that the leaders expressed upon hearing this was just so disturbing that he had to tell them the truth about what happened. Yeah. So here we go. Flashback. Here's the truth. Here is what happened. So the story. Oh, break it down. Here we go. Okay. So Dan and Jonas are like walking through the halls of the, that lab, just, you know, talking about stuff. And Daniel had given Jonas a book to help with the ghoul translations, which he doesn't seem very excited about. He's like, yeah, sure. I mean, thank you so much, but like, Oh my God, there's other stuff on the gate. Like, tell me all about that. Please let me go. He's you know very excited to get out there. Mm-hmm. Um, then comes the philosophical debate about the weapon that is being built. And Daniel mentions what he found about an experiment having gone wrong and destroying an entire civilization. And Jonas tells him that the current theory that they have to explain the evidence of this destructive event is an asteroid impact, which sure plausible explanation and, you know, more debate. And then there's sort of, he, Jonas then mentions like, well, if there really is really bad stuff out there in addition to protecting us from our enemies here on this planet we might also need it to protect us from whatever's out there and daniel's like you're not entirely wrong 
But Daniel has seen what happens when people make a sudden, very extreme leap forward in weapons technology. And he just he wishes there was another way that they could achieve this goal of like peace and protection and everything without a bomb. True, yes. So they stop outside the lab, and Thomas is there watching other scientists do some more experiments, when suddenly, inside the lab, the energy reading starts increasing exponentially and very dangerously. There's then a visible energy wave that gets emitted, and instruments in the lab start going haywire. There's another energy wave as sort of... I don't know how this... what the parts are, but this sort of coil that they'd been slowly descending onto, I guess, I th- I guess the, the ball in the middle is the nequadria and the sort of they're lowering something down to react with it in some fashion. I, you know, I never knew which was which. Because, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't know which part was supposed to be which. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure which part is, but there's, there's like a ball of something in middle in the middle. They're lowering some other metallic type thing down to get close to touching it. And something gives way and the two things like touch and then there's like a big like energy wave that blasts out. The scientists all collapse. Alarms start blaring. Thomas yells for them to stay away from the glass. It might explode. Like the radiation might get through. We see one of the scientists try to like crawl towards the device to try and like get it unlocked or whatever, but he can't get to it. We see Thomas just run away as like a coward, but also radiation like get away, please. The scientists have all collapsed. Daniel tries to get in, but the door is locked. So he shoots the window to weaken the glass, dives through it. He goes for like the core, but it's super duper hot. So he pulls the jacket sleeve down just over his left hand. Why not both? I don't know. Grabs it again, like pulls it apart. And then he just kind of stands there panting and breathing heavily and sort of in shock at what he's like, just done. Like, oh, like, oh, shit. I, I am fucked. <laughs> like, so I'm guessing the thing in the middle that was getting lowered into the ball is the Nequadria. Because then they, you know, went, because that's what he touched. That's what he was exposed to. Mm, okay. So that Maybe. was the radiative material. Because he didn't touch the ball, only the core thing to pull it out. Yeah, but I don't think, like, the thing that he touched was Nequadria. That just looked like metal. Well, but, right, you know, but... metal is conducti- heat conductive. So you think that sort of, like, copper-looking thing that almost looked like yeah. a drill bit? Yeah. Was the Nequadria? Okay. Yeah. Because they say he had direct contact, yeah? That Oh, yeah, that's right. They do. Okay. If anybody knows anything about radioactive bombs... <laughs> I love how often oh, we say that. <laughs> if anybody knows about this thing. And nobody ever writes in because nobody who please, knows us that listens to this. Please let us know because let we're just know. talking. We we're just talking about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, and basically, Jonas is ashamed that his government refuses to recognize Daniel's heroism because he likely saved millions of lives with his actions. So the question I have is Jonas was still there on the other side yes. of the class. So did yes. he not get exposed to any radiation whatsoever still being in the room? That That is the biggest plot hole of like, yes, D- Jonas should have been exposed to some radiation and should not be just a perfectly fine human. That is, def- yeah. that is definitely a plot hole for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So back in the dream gate room, Daniel and Oma are talking over Daniel's sort of internal conflict about the situation and like about his life, really. And the fact that he believes his entire life has been a failure. Sam interrupts this vision by telling Daniel that Jonas has had a change of heart. And she's sitting by his bed and tells him sort of what's going on and the impact that he's had on Jonas and on her. And she doesn't know why people don't tell each other how they really feel. And she just hopes that he knows. Oh, did you cry? Of course I did. I cried. Yeah. Were you crying already? Yes. You kept crying the yes. whole time. I was yes. just, yes, yes. Ball of goo. Yeah. Oma confirms that Daniel cannot reach enlightenment if he doesn't think he's worthy. And well, that might be a little problem. Mm. Tilk then comes in as Janet finishes changing his bandages and he places a funerary statue on Daniel's desk because we're now in a sort of hybrid of like reality and Daniel's dream vision world with Oma sort of at the same time. And Daniel thanks him, even though he's not dead yet, but it's, you know, it's not looking good. 
Um, this is when I lose it because like Tilk is, you know, the stoic warrior and he, <laughs> so Tilk goes, if you are to die, Daniel Jackson, I wish you to know that I believe that the fight. <laughs> oh no, there you go. No, it's okay. It's okay. <sighs> what is that? What is that world that has no Stargate? The Tilk says everything just fine. The car in Homeworld has no Stargate. The car in Homeworld has no Stargate. <laughs> uh, okay. I believe that the fight against the Gould will have lost one of its greatest warriors, and I will have lost one of my greatest friends. Oh. <sighs> Damn you, Tilk. Do you want that on your tombstone one day? No, my tombstone my tomb is going to say effective immediately. <laughs> <laughs> you know why. <laughs> I like it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I think this is this is the the thing you mentioned earlier about what you have an issue with in your sort of plot hole. So basically this is now where Daniel and Oma continue to continue their debate about Daniel's worthiness for ascension. And Daniel doesn't believe that anything he's ever done has actually meant anything. And like, yeah, he solved the riddle of the gate and he freed the people of Abydos, but he then unburied the gate on Abydos and he couldn't save Sharae. He couldn't save Sarah. He couldn't save anyone because for every ghoul that they killed, another one just rose and took its place. Oma seems to believe that he is worthy and that his worthiness isn't just the sum of his deeds. She says, judge yourself by the intention of your actions and by the strength with which you face the challenges that have stood in your way. And that basically in the end, there's only one thing that a person can control, whether they are good or evil. And Daniel is a very, very good person. He is a very good person. So is this, yeah. So is this like what you're talking about earlier? Uh no, there, there is a point. I forget where in the episode it is, but it, um, It is the part where she's explaining, you know, release your burden kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Um, it might have been in that thing where she's like, release your burden. He's like, okay, here we go. Let's sit. Let's go. Sign me up. I'm ready. Oh, okay. Because she she does say something like to the effect of I, this I, this can't be just escaping death. Like this has to be a journey. This yeah. has to be, you know, completely letting go. So it might have been in that scene. Okay. But that's the thing that just kind of made me be like, he, he literally is escaping death. I don't, yeah. <laughs> this isn't, this isn't a journey he started on. I mean, he did kind of, but um, mm-hmm. not because, Oh, Hey, my life on earth here is, is, is done for me. Like, I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but, okay. but he is escaping death is the point. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Yes. Okay. Okay. I get it. All right. He's I not just, he's not just finally learning to go with peace. <laughs> like he's, yeah. He is escaping death to another yes. plane of existence. Yeah. I mean, and there there is stuff we'll learn about Omitasala later that m- kind of makes this make more sense than maybe what mm-hmm. we know right now. Um, so, but, yeah. But I kind of, I kind of like what she says because Daniel's like, for everything I did, like, the end result, like, adds up to nothing. And she's just like, you can't just add up your life like it's points. And if you have a positive points, you go. So we're sort of getting the good place stuff here, but it's more about the intention with which you lived your life and the intention with which you went about your daily life and did things. And were you trying to do good and be good? Because that's what matters because maybe sure things in the end didn't work out, but if you tried your best, Isn't that in itself worth something? Oh, that reminds me of one of my favorite lines from a TV show. Did you ever watch Boy Meets World? I mean, wait, yes, not recently, but of course I did. Yes. So the last episode, you know how um, the, you know, mentor of the series was their English teacher. Uh, Yes, Mr. Feeney. Mr. Feeney. Yes. So they, so they all go back to school to like have a last look around and like Mr. Mm -hmm. Feeney's there and. Um, you know, he's telling them like, go off into the world, you know, do good. And then mm-hmm. someone's like, don't you mean do well? And he's like, no, do good. Yeah. And I don't, that's always just kind of stuck with me, really. Don't you mean do well? No, do good. Yeah. Kind of because it might not always turn out well, but if you try yeah. to do good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
so Jonas is up in the briefing room with General Hammond and Jack, and he's he's kind of afraid to return Colonna and be seen as a traitor at this point. And he doesn't believe that his government would really truly take any action that would result in mass destruction. Uh, Jack's, you can see Jack kind of like, Meh. but he kind of asks that you know if the SGC should develop any kind of defensive technologies that they they share that with. Kelowna, like with with Nequadria and him, it's like, yeah, of course we're going to do that. Of course. Yes, absolutely. We then get an unauthorized off-world activation, run down the control room. Hey, it's the Chokra. Uh, Hammond orders the defense team to high alert. So we get a bunch of guards rushing into the gate room with guns at the ready, but there's no need to worry. It's just Jacob. Yay. Yay. But so, uh, so they take him to the infirmary where Sam is waiting with the healing device and he and Selmak will try their best. And I love how Jacob's like, we will try our best because it is yeah. like it's Jacob and Selmak together doing this thing. Yeah. Um, so he does a sort of like a quick scan and Daniel's condition is very bad at this point. And Selmak isn't sure if they can return him to a fully healthy state, but he gives it a go. Back in the vision, almost heading up the ramp, it's basically, it's up to Daniel now, and he can feel Jacob trying to heal him, and I like that we get sort of in the soundtrack background that that sound of the healing device kind of comes in as Daniel yeah. like, feels it, which is cool, um, and I was like, okay, so you're going to continue as you were before, and I was like, what if I don't want to, what if I don't want to keep doing it as I was? And he can walk the great path, but it's not a choice to be taken lightly. He cannot fear or hesitate, and he understands. He's ready to go. And she's like, okay, you so stop them. And uh, so before we get into the next scene, um, they talked in the commentary about how they did this with the whole, like, you know, Daniel walking around and then, like, the, the big swoosh to the gate room. So... Basically, what they did is they did shoot, like, in the infirmary set with Michael there, like, walking around and walking by everybody. And then that wall that's behind Jack, they rebuilt that wall in the gate room, basically sort of realigned everybody's position in the camera and the lighting with some help of, like, the special effects and posts and everything. And then sort of, like, locked the camera had everybody reset in the exact same position and then like panned the camera and like pulled the wall away. Oh, um, so it and was almost also, like a play. Yeah. And then they also like sped up the film to give it that kind of like blurry effect to kind of blur the line between, you know, the two sets a bit. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the other thing they did is that the Daniel that's in the bed is actually Michael Standin who's like okay. all wrapped in the bandages. So that's how they are able to have two Daniels, if you will, yeah. in the same. Yeah. <laughs> it was interesting when he was walking around. To me, it almost looked like he was picking, he was trying to decide who to contact. A bit, yeah. yeah. It was always going to be Jack. Of course, it's always going to be know, Jack. But it, yeah, it just kind of looked like he Jack. was like, you, no, you, mm-hmm. winner. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here we go. Let's get to it. Okay. <laughs> Good hand. Sorry, everybody. This is this is not, this is not gonna be pretty. <laughs> um, okay, so in the infirmary, everybody's gathered around while Jacob starts using that healing device. We see Daniel walking around, and then finally lays a hand on Jack's shoulder, and then we see Jack sort of get pulled into Daniel's vision, and he tells Jack to tell Jacob to stop. He's ready to go, but he's not giving up. They look at Oma, who takes that like floaty light form and basically makes a wormhole kind of thing in the oh, gate. it wasn't even on. No. Um, and that is all practical light. Again, it's just like mega wattage of light. Oh, wow. Like, you know, enhanced a bit in post, but like that's mostly like practical light there. And Dan- Daniel's going to go with her. He thinks he can do more this way. Back in the infirmary, Jack tells Jacob to stop. It's what Daniel wants. Jacob looks to Janet to confirm what he should do. And Jack says, just let him go. So Jacob stops. Daniel exhales one last time. The hot monitor flatlines. Daniel then starts to glow and take on that ascended to being form. And they watch as he floats up above the bed. Back in the vision world, Daniel's crying. I'm crying. Everybody's crying. Everybody's a sobbing mess at this point. 
point. Yeah. And I, I loved how um, just for that split moment, Janet just looked utterly panicked. Yeah. And, and looked around the room like, what, what, what do I do? Yeah. He thanks Jack for everything. And Jack's like, you know, <sighs> sorry. <laughs> it's okay. The carnival world has no surrogate. <laughs> <laughs> So Jack's like, you know, will we see you around? Daniel doesn't really know. Um, hey, Daniel, where are you going? Yeah, he doesn't really know that either. Um, but he walks up to the gate, disappears through it. Back in the infirmary, Daniel's being, which again, that was a practical light in the infirmary. It was like a, just a very bright, bright, bright light bulb, like being pulled up like through the set. So like the shadows on the wall and everything, that's all like actual, like what was happening on yeah. the set oh, cool. there. Nice. Um, so that his, his aura ascended being form whatever just floats up in a way through the ceiling. And that's the end. Mm, bye. <sighs> Excuse me. I <laughs> 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 watched this episode twice. Now I had to talk about it for an hour. Of course I'm going to be a mess. Oh, yeah, it is sad. Yeah. Even though we know he comes back, it's still like oh. surprise. It yeah. still is so but it's not for a while though. It's what, like two seasons or one? No, he comes back season seven. One, okay. Yeah. And he's one in and a half. Yeah, he's in a couple he's in he's in three episodes in season six. Um Okay. So yeah, we have Abyss, the Changeling in full circle to look forward okay. to. Oh wow! So he he does come. Oh, I thought it was like two seasons, but wow. Okay, he comes back Season a lot seven. sooner than I thought. Yeah. No, so it's kind of like a we knew you couldn't stay away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know a thing. Yeah. You. Yeah, and this is also this is also the end of Stargate's time on Showtime. Um, season six is when they started on the Sci Fi Channel. Oh, really? So this what? was like this was like a big period of transition. No. Oh. Um, so, but, but like at this point when they were filming, like they already knew that like the sci-fi channel had picked them up mm-hmm. and we're going to be going with them. So yeah. So they knew everything was going to be fine and they were plotting season six and was all, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it was. So. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. And there you have it. Yeah. My one yes. question for you, this okay. is, this is not the season finale. We still have another episode of the season. How do you feel about something as big as this? Like, you know, one of the four main characters of the show, their their death not being the finale of a season. Well, I actually think it's a really good decision to have somewhat of a moving on since this. Because in normal times when you have... Uh, finale of an episode and then you have like two months to wait until something you don't want the last thing you see is to be someone <laughs> died and then you're like oh great I yeah. have to feel this sadness now for two months before yeah. I see how everybody's moving on I think especially since um, the way they structured it his death was at the end it wasn't like he died at the beginning and then they spent the rest of the episode on the rest of the characters dealing mm-hmm. with it like the the End of the episode was his death and moving on. So I actually think it was a really good decision. Okay. Yeah, I agree because we, we do get a little bit of like, okay, what is this show without Daniel going to look like? And mm-hmm. there's also that, that fear of if it had been the finale and then they come back, then you just kind of don't acknowledge it because it's been in the show. It's been X number of months too. They would have just moved on by now, but Right. Yeah, because there is one more episode we get. How is this actually really impacting the people who are left? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, so <laughs> I found while I was doing my, like, internet Googling about this episode, somebody had spelled out all of Daniel's deaths. If oh, we want, If we want hey. to recap to this point. We kept talking about how we should have been keeping track this the whole time, and we did not. So you somebody found else it? did. Yeah, somebody, somebody else, else did. did. Yes. Okay, okay, where does this rate? Where's this? Okay. Okay, well, so we start with Stargate the movie. He was actually dead and revived by a sarcophagus. Okay. So that's one. In Children of the Gods, he's, like, assumed dead, sort of, by, you know, the people on Earth who are not Jack O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Knox, he is 
actually dead and revived by the knock. So that's two actual deaths for Daniel Jackson at this point. We have two more assumed deads with fire and water, um, which is uh, that, that like fish alien guy who like held him hostage. Right, right, right. Yes. Um, And then in the serpent's lair, which is when they blew up like Apophis's ship in earth's orbit and he was very severely injured and probably going to be dead. And, but there was a sarcophagus and he was able to heal himself. Right. So we have two actual, three actual deads now then. So Meridian is then another death. So, do you think they should have made that joke somewhere in here of like, I've died before? So, no. Okay. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I got this old death thing in the bag. Yeah. Um, and then, but then sort of, other Daniels we have, there's the Daniel dying in 2010, that episode that's right. like in the future of SU-1. We have robot Daniel dying in Double Jeopardy when he gets his head blown off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then like AU Daniel dying off screen in There Before the Grace of God's and Point of View when like alternate universe Daniels are dead. So, yeah. There's a lot of dead Daniels. So Daniel has actually died three times and has been assumed dead three more times. And then alternate versions of Daniel have died as well. So I can't say that I have ever been assumed dead. Mm-mm. Or actually dead. And nope, me neither. No. Nope. Knock on wood. No. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you like Oma's riddles? Oh, yes. Okay. okay. Uh, so we have first one. Uh, lightning flashes, spark shower, in one blink of your eyes you have missed seeing. Lightning flashes, spark shower, and of a blink of an eye you have missed seeing. Okay. <laughs> Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. <laughs> yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know. Like, I put this in the riddles. I don't know if it really is riddle because it's pretty obvious. But it's the, the one where it's when the mind is enlightened, the spirit is freed, and the body matters not. I mean, that one, that one is fortunately pretty obvious. Yes. Yep. <laughs> let, it, let it go. Mm-hmm. Then we have uh, a tall man cannot hide in the short grass. This one I remember from the show because she says that and then he's like, I don't really have time for these. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and, then, yep. and then she actually says what she was talking about. Yes. Which yeah. is the funny part is I don't remember what she says next. That's the one where... It's 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 their initial conversation where it's like you can't ascend just to run away from death. Oh, oh, okay. There you go. The part that I yeah. was talking about. My plot yeah. hole. Yes. The next one is the river tells no lies. Though standing on the shore, the dishonest man still hears them. I don't know that. I don't know. Okay. okay what? Say that one again. The river tells no lies. Though standing on the shore, the dishonest man still hears them. Is you that hear what, like we all you hear what you want to hear. We see yeah. what we want to see. The maybe. world it, the world is what you make it. Possibly, maybe. Kind of a thing. Yeah. Well is that was that in the conversation where he was saying my life is a failure and she's like, meh. Um like you're just maybe. not You're not looking at it right. Oh no, that's at the very, very end of their their the initial conversation when oh. he, she was like, Release your burden, he's like, Okay, my burden is released and she's like, No, the river tells no lies, <laughs> blah blah. Not so much. Not so much. And then of course, everybody's favorite. Because it is so clear, it takes a long time to realize it. If you immediately know the candlelight is fire, the meal was cooked a long time ago. Uh, no, I still got I still, yeah, that I one love- I'm still not sure. I still don't. <laughs> I love so much that that's in here, though. Stupid. Stupid. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, yeah, Monk told me that on Keb a while ago. Oh, God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need to make right. the password for something. <laughs> If we That's ever own, if you pass. ever own a speakeasy, <laughs> to be like yes. your secret password to get in. Yes, you absolutely. know the candle is flame. The meal was cooked a long time ago. What the hell? <laughs> okay, so all right, so episode title Meridian. I'm I'm not sure what exactly this is like because a meridian is sort of an imaginary line. On, on the earth and I don't know if they're sort of taking it as sort of expanding it to be like a general line and just sort of like the line between Daniel being living or being dead like him he's sort of on the meridian of life and death in this episode yeah. maybe um well, I mean I would take it more to be his line to ascension okay 
of being okay. corporeal or ascended being. Non-corporeal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, as far as foreign territory titles, in French, this was called Zenith. Please tell me the German one was Daniel dies in the end. <laughs> no, it's not. Death of Daniel. <laughs> it, we, do have, we do have a German one, though. We'll get <laughs> um, in Czech, it was called Great Path. Okay. Oma refers to Ascension as the Great Path. And in German, it was The Decision. Oh. <laughs> okay, that's actually okay. But I know. It's like, I mean, it's I to wanted... the point, but it's also like, oh, that's actually, that's not bad. Yeah. I was totally expecting, like, the death of Daniel. Yeah. Because, oh. Considering we had, like, the death of Shaw Ray earlier in season <laughs> three. It's like, way to spoil what happens in the episode by the episode <laughs> title. Like, come on. Yeah. Oh. Uh, we have email about this episode. Oh, we do? Like, we do. someone actually wrote us? I know, in, a, in anticipation <laughs> of what we're filming, recording. Nice. Yeah. Thought ahead. Who was it? It was Jeff. <gasps> Hi, Jeff. Hi. Thanks for writing in. Okay, so he says, I managed to watch ahead so I'd be ready when your podcast over Meridian came out. This is not the most heartbreaking death episode Stargate will give us. I mean, yeah, there, yeah, we'll get to that one. Um, but still does give us enough for a character as important as Daniel. On the technical side, I was impressed with the lighting effects for the Ascended Viewpoint. It made me curious how they pulled off that halo effect while keeping faces from being overlit. Well, 20,000 watt lights is how they did that. So. I'll do that to you. Yes. In a very hot room. How did they keep everybody from sweating? Um, that they didn't talk about. I guess they kept take short and powdered everybody down between <laughs> between takes. They totally could have used fans and just made everybody look all angelic and catwalky. Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll get to that at the end of next then, week. Oh, okay. Keep going with Jeff. Okay. I'll try to avoid spoilers, but from what we learned later, being pure of heart must not be an actual requirement for ascension, as Oma seems to imply here. Maybe it's just her requirement before she helps him ascend. I liked the way Daniel describes his life as a failure. We're used to seeing them as heroes, but this episode helps give some perspective on why Daniel would feel like he's had a negligible impact on the grand scheme of things. Looking forward to hearing your coverage of the next couple episodes in a great season. Hopefully you do another season wrap-up. We are. I've loved your previous season wrap-up episodes. Well, yay. yay. That's all. All right. Well, thank you, Jeff. Um, yes, we will be doing a season five wrap-up. So if you have an, any general season five topics you want us to talk about, any opinions you want our thoughts on, best ofs, favorites, whatevers, send them in. Oh, yeah, this time we were going to try to come up with crazy, crazy things. Oh, yeah, we could, like, MTV Movie Award categories for some weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Best hot dog. (laughs) Best food moment, maybe, something. I mean, Jell-O, right? I mean, always the Jell-O, yes, absolutely. Always with the Jell-O. Oh, there we go, best food in the cafeteria. (laughs) The blue Jell-O. We don't need to do that because it's blue Jell-O. Not the lemon chicken, not the deadly citrus lemon chicken. (laughs) I mean, I guess it depends on your purpose for the food. If it's just for (laughs) sustenance, it's blue jello. If you want to get Rodney away from you, it's the lemon chicken. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Yeah, we'll have to come up with fun stuff. Yes. Um, All right. Um, Final thoughts on Meridian. (sighs) That is all. I concur. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I just, yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, thank you everybody for listening. As always, you can find us on Instagram at SG underscore rewatch. And now on Discord, please check the link in the show notes and go check out the season five channel where I'll put all these Oma DeSala riddles and we can talk about what we think they mean. Um, or you can then send us an email at woo, that's W-O-O-S-G, rewatch at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us, please. And we will see you next time for Revelations. Bye. Bye.